Hello and welcome to Soft October Night. It's Bae. Um, and this is going to be a little bit of a weird episode. Today I'm going to read to you The Rime of the Ancient Mariner, which is... It's a long poem. I'm just going to put it out there. I first read Rime of the Ancient Mariner in high school, in English class. Um, and it never really... I guess it stuck with me. Um, but I didn't remember anything specific until about a year ago. I saw a picture of an albatross. And it set me on a little bit of a hyper-focused spiral into researching because I had never realized how big an albatross was. And so when I had the idea for this podcast, I knew at some point I was going to read Rime of the Ancient Mariner. And so one of the first things I ever recorded was this poem. But I didn't realize until I started that um, it's a really long poem. And... I fumble a lot of the words in this poem. So I was umming and ahhing about what to do. And then I remembered that not everything's gonna be perfect. And I'm gonna make a lot of mistakes learning how to do this. So I decided that I would put it up anyway. And hopefully you'll be patient with my mistakes. And to make up for it, next episode is going to be um, Sappho, I'm hoping. So that's going to be something I'm really looking forward to. And they're going to be a lot shorter poems. So maybe a little bit more fun. But hopefully you can still relax zone out while listening to a very old, very long poem. Thank you for your patience. Thanks for coming back. And without any more rambling, let's get into the rhyme of the ancient mariner. Thank you. It is an ancient mariner, and he toppeth one of three. By thy long grey beard and glittering eye, now wherefore stoppest thou me? The bridegroom's doors are open wide, and I am next of kin. The guests are met, the feast is set, may hearest the merry din. He holds them with his skinny hand, there was a ship, quoth he. Hold off on hand me, greybeard loon, if soon his hand dropped he. He holds with him holds him with his glittering eye, the wedding guest stood still, and listened like a three years child, the mariner hath his will. The wedding guest sat on a stone, he cannot choose but hear, and thus spake on that ancient man, the bright-eyed mariner. The ship was cheered, the harbour cleared, merrily did we drop, below the kirk, below the hill, below the lighthouse top. The sun came up upon the left, out of the sea came he, 
and he shone bright and on the right we went down into the sea. Higher and higher every day till over the mast at noon the wedding guest he beat his breast for he heard the loud bassoon. The bride has paced into the hall red as a rose is she nodding their heads before she before her goes the merry the merry minstrelly. The wedding guest he beat his breast yet he cannot choose but hear and thus spake on that ancient man the bright-eyed marinier. And now the storm blast came and he was tyrannous and strong. He struck with his o'taking wings and chased us south along with slopping masts and dipping prow as who pursued with yell and blow. Still treads the shadow of his foe and forward bends his head. The ship drove fast, loud roared the blast and southward I we fled. And now there came both mist and snow, and it grew wondrous cold. And ice mast high came floating by, as green as emerald. And though the drifts, the snowy cliffs, did send a dismal sheen, nor shapes of men nor beasts we can, the ice was all between. The ice was here, the ice was there, the ice was all aground, around. It cracked and growled and roared and howled like noises in a swound. At length did cross an albatross, through the fog it came, as if it had been a Christian soul. We hailed it in God's name. It ate the food it ne'er had eat, and round and round it flew. The ice did split with a hunger fit, the helmsman steered us through. And good south wind sprung up behind, the albatross did follow, and every day for food or play came mariners to hollow. In mist or cloud, or mast or shroud, it perched for vespers nine, whilst all the night through fog smoke white glimmered the white moonshine. God save thee, ancient mariner, from the fiends that plague thee thus, why lookst thou so with my crossbow? I shot the albatross. But the sun now rose upon the right, out of the sea came he, still hidden mist, and on the left went down into the sea. And the good south wind still blew behind, and but no sweet bird did follow, nor any day for food or play came to the mariner's hollow. And I had done a hellish thing, and it would work him woe. For all averred, I had killed the bird that made the breeze to follow. Our wretch that they, the bird to slay, that made the breeze to blow. Nor dim nor red like God's own head, the glorious sun abrist. Then all averred, I had killed the bird that brought the fog and mist. Twas right, said they, such birds to slay that bring the fog and mist. The fair breeze blew, the wind foam, the white foam flew, the fur followed free. We were the first that ever burst into that silent sea. Down dropped the breeze, the sails dropped down. Twas sad as sad could be, and we did speak only to break the silence of the sea. 
All in a hot and copper sky, the, su- the bloody sun at noon, right up above the mouse did start a stand no bigger than the moon. Day after day, day after day, we struck, we stuck, nor breath nor motion, as idle as a painted ship upon a painted ocean. Water, water everywhere, and all the boards did shrink. Water, water everywhere, nor any drop to drink. The very deep did rot, O Christ, that ever this could be. Ye slimy things did crawl with legs upon the slimy sea. About, about, in reel and rout, the death fires danced at night. The water, like a witch's oils, burnt green and blue and white. And some in dreams assured were of the spirit that plagued us so. Nine fathom deep he followed us from land of mist and snow. And every tongue through utter drought was withered at the root. We could not speak no more than if we had been jocked with suit. Ah, while a day what evil looks had I from old and young Instead of the cross, the albatross about my head was hung. Part three. They passed a weary time, each throat was parched and glazed each eye. A weary time, a weary time, how glazed each weary eye. When looking westward, I beheld a something in the sky. At first it seemed a little speck, and then it seemed a mist. It moved and moved, and took at last a certain shape, I wist. A speck, a mist, a shape, I wist. And still it neared and neared, as if it dodged a water spirit. It plunged and tacked and veered, with throats unslacked, with black lips baked. We could nor laugh nor wail. Through utter drought, all dumb we stood. I bit my arm, I sucked the blood, and cried, a sail, a sail. With throats unslacked, with black lips baked, agape they heard me call. Gramercy they did for joy, did grin. And all at once their breath drew in as they were drinking all. See, see, I cried, she tacks no more hither to work us well. Without a breeze, without a tide, she steadied with upright keel. The western wave was all aflame, the day was well nigh done. Almost upon the western wave rested the broad, bright sun. When that shapes, when that strange shape drove suddenly betwixt us and the sun, and straight the sun was flecked with bars, heavens and mother send us grace. As if through a dungeon grate he peered with broad and burning face. Alas, thought I, and my heart beat loud, how fast she nears and nears. Are those her sails that glance in the sun, like restless gossamers? Are those her ribs through which the sun did peer as through a gate? And is that woman all her crew? Is that a death, and are there two? Is death that woman's mate? Her lips were red, her eyes, her looks were free, her locks were yellow as gold, her skin as white as leprosy. The nightmare life in death was she who thicks man's blood with cold. The naked hulk alongside came, 
and the twain were casting dice. The game is done, I've won, I've won, quoth three and whistles thrice. The sun's rim dips and the stars rush out. At one stride come the dark. With fair, far heard whisper o'er the sea, off shot the spectred bark. We listened and looked sideways up, fear at my heart as at a cup. My lifeblood seemed to sip. The stars were dim and thick to the night. Steersman face by lamp gleamed white. From the sails the dew did drip. Till clomb above the eastern bar, the horned moon with one bright star within the nether tip. One after one by the star-dogged moon, too quick for groan or sigh, each turned his face with a ghastly pang and cursed me with his eye. Four times fifty living men, and I heard nor sigh nor groan. With heavy thump, a lifeless lump, they dropped down one by one. The souls did from their bodies fly. They fled to bliss or woe. And every soul, it passed me by like a whiz of my crossbow. Part four. I fear thee, ancient mariner. I fear thy skinny hand. And thou art long and lank and brown as the as is the ribbed sea sand. I fear thee and thy glittering eye and thy skinny hand so brown. Fear not, fear not, thy wedding guest. This body dropped not drown, not down. Alone, alone, all alone, alone on a wide, wide sea. And never a saint took pity on my soul in agony. The many men so beautiful, and they did all dead lie. And they all dead did lie. And a thousand, thousand slimy things lived on, and so did I. I looked upon the rutting sea and drew my eyes away. I looked upon the rutting deck, and there the dead men lay. I looked to heaven and tried to pray, but or ever a prayer had gust. A wicked whisper came and made my heart as dry as dust. I closed my lids and kept them close, and the balls like pulses beat for the sky and the sea and the sea and the sky lay dead like a load on my weary eye and the dead were at my feet the cold sweat melted from their limbs nor rot nor reek did they the look with which they looked on me had never passed away an orphan's curse would drag to hell a spirit from on high but oh more horrible than that is the curse in a dead man's eye Seven days, seven nights, I saw that curse, and yet I could not die. The moving moon went up the sky, and nowhere did abide. Softly, she was going up, and a star or two beside. Her beams bemocked the sultry main, like April hoar frost spread. And where the ship's huge shadow lay, the charmed water burnt away, a still and awful red. Beyond the shadow of the ship, I watched the water snakes. They moved in tracks of shining white, and when they reared, the elfish light fell off in hoary flakes. Within the shadow of the ship, I watched their rich attire. 
Blue, glossy green, and velvet black, they coiled and swam, and every track was a flash of golden fire. O oh, happy living things, no tongue their beauty might declare. A spring of love gushed from my heart, and I blessed them unaware. Sure my kind fate took pity on me, and I blessed them unaware. The selfsame moment I could pray, and from my neck so free, the albatross fell off and sank like lead into the sea. Part five. Sleep, it is a gentle thing, beloved from pole to pole. To Mary Queen, the praise be given, she sent the gentle sleep from heaven that slid into my soul. The silly buckets on the deck that I had, that had so long remained, I dreamt that they were filled with dew, and when I awoke, it rained. My lips were wet, my throat was cold, my garments were all dank. Sure I had drunken in my dreams, and still my body drank. I moved and could not feel my limbs, I was so light almost. I thought that I had died in sleep, and was a blessed ghost. And soon I heard a roaring wind, it did not come anear. But with its sound it shook the sails that were so thin and sere. The upper air burst into life, and a hundred fire flags sheen. To and fro they were hurried about, and to and fro, and in and out, the wan stars danced between. The coming wind did roar more loud, and the sails did sigh like sledge, and the rain poured down from one black cloud, the moon was at its edge. The thick black cloud was cleft and stilled, the moon was at its side, like waters shot from some high crag the lightning fell with never a jag a river steep and wide the loud wind never reached the ship yet now the ship moved on beneath the lightning and the moon the dead men gave a groan they groaned they stirred they all uprose nor spake nor moved their eyes it had been strange even in a dream to have seen those dead men rise the helmsman steered, the ship moved on, yet never a breeze up blew. The mariners all again worked, rope, worked the ropes where they were wont to do. They raised their limbs like lifeless tools. We were a ghastly crew. The body of my brother's son stood by me knee to knee. The body and I pulled at one rope, but he said not to me. Fear the ancient mariner, be calm, thy wedding guest. Twas not those souls that fled in pain, which to their corpses came again, but a troop of spirits blessed. For when it dawned, they dropped their arms and clustered round the mast. Sweet sound rose slowly through their mouths and from their bodies passed. Around, around flew each sweet sound, then darted to the sun. Slowly the sounds came back again, now mixed, now one by one. Sometimes a dropping from the sky, I heard the skylark sing. Sometimes all little birds that are, how they seem to fill the sea and air with their sweet jargoning. And now twas like all instruments, now like a lonely flute. And now it is an angel's song that the heavens would be that makes the heavens mute. It ceased yet still, the sails made on a pleasant noise till noon, a noise like of a hidden brook in the leafy month of June. 
that to the sleeping woods all night singeth a quiet tune. Soon we quietly sailed on, yet never a breeze did breathe. Slowly and smoothly went the ship, moved onward from beneath. Under the keel nine fathom deep, from the land of mist and snow, the spirit slid, and it was he that made the ship to go. The sail at noon left off their tune, and the ship stood still below. The sun right up above the mast had fixed her to the ocean, but in a minute she against her with a short uneasy motion, backwards and forwards half her length with a short uneasy motion. Then, like a pouring horse let go, she made a sudden bound. It flung the blood into my head, and I fell down in a swound. How long in that same fit I lay, I have not to declare, but ere uh, my living life returned, I heard, and in my soul discerned, two voices in the air. Is it he, quoth one, is this the man, by him who died on cross? With his cruel blow he laid full low the harmless albatross. The spirit who bideth by himself in the land of mist and snow, he loved the bird that loved the man who shot him with his bow. The other with a softer voice, as soft as honeydew, quoth he the man, hath penance done, and penance more will do. Part 6. First voice. But tell me, tell me, speak again, thy soft response renewing. What makes that ship drive on so fast? What is the ocean doing? Second voice. Still as a slave before his lord, the ocean hath no blast. His great bright eye most silently up to the moon is cast. If he may know which way to go, for she guides him smooth or grim. See, brother, see how grace, graciously she looketh down on him. First voice. But why drives on that ship so fast without a wave or wind? Second voice. The air is cut away before and closes from behind. Fly, brother, fly, more high, more high, or we shall be belated. For slow and slow the ship will go when the mariner's trace, trance is abated. I awoke and we were sailing on as in a gentle weather. "'Twas night calming night, the moon was high, the dead men stood together. "'And all stood together, all stood together on the deck, for a charnel dungeon fitter. "'All fixed on me their stony eyes that in the moon did glitter. "'The pang, the curse with which they died had never passed away. "'I could not draw my eyes from theirs, nor turn them up to pray.' And now this spell was snapped once more, I viewed the ocean green, and looked far forth, yet little saw, of what else, of what had else been seen. Like one that on a lonesome road doth walk in fear and dread, and having once turned round walks on, and turns no more his head, because he knows a frightful fiend doth close behind him tread. But soon there breathed a wind on me, nor sight, nor sound, nor motion made. Its path was not upon the sea, in ripple or in shade. 
It raised my hair, it fanned my cheek like a meadow gale of spring. It mingled strangely with my fears, yet it felt like a welcoming. Swiftly, swiftly flew the ship, yet she sailed softly too. Sweetly, sweetly blew the breeze, on me alone it blew. Oh dream, oh dream of joy, is this indeed the lighthouse top I see? Is this the hill? Is this the kirk? Is this mine own country? We drifted over the bar, harbour bar, and I with sobs did pray, Oh, let me be awake, my God, or let me sleep away. The harbour bay was clear as glass, so smoothly it was strewn, and on the bay the moonlight lay, and the shadow of the moon. The rock shone bright, the kirk no less, that stands above the rock, the moonlight steeped in silentness, the steady weathercock. And the bathe was white with silent light, till rising from the same, full many shapes that shadows were, in crimson colours came. A little distance from the parrow those crimson shadows were, I turned my eyes upon the deck, O oh Christ, what I saw there, what's all right there? Each corpse lay flat, lifeless and flat, and by the holy rod, a man stood all light, a sephirth man, on every corpse there stood. The sephirth band each waved his hand, it was a heavenly sight, they stood as signals to the land, each one a lovely sight. The Sephiroth band each waved his hand, no voice did they impart, no voice but oh, the silence sank, like music in my heart. But soon I heard the dash of oars, I heard the pilot's cheer, my head was turned perforce away, and I saw a boat appear, I heard them coming fast, dear Lord in heaven it was a joy the dead men could not blast. I saw a third, I heard his voice. It is the hermit good. He singeth loud his godly hymns that makes that he makes in the wood. He'll shrieve my soul, he'll wash away the albatross's blood. This is a long poem. Oh God. <clears throat> Part seven. This hermit good lives in that wood which slopes down to the sea. How loudly his sweet voice he rears. He loves to talk with mariners that come from a far country. He kneels at morn and noon and eve. He hath a cushion plump. It is the moss that wholly hides the rotted old oak stump. The skiff boat neared, I heard them talk. Why this is strange, I trow. Where are those lights so many and fair that, that signal made but now? Strange by my faith, the hermit said, and they answered not our cheer. The planks look warped, and see those sails, how thin they are and sear. I never ought to like them, unless perchance it were. I never saw aught like to them, unless perchance it were. Brown skeletons of leaves that lag my forest brook along when the ivy tod is heavy with snow and the owlet whoops to the wolf below 
that eats the she-wolf's young. Dear Lord, it hath a fiendish look, the pilot made reply. I am a fiat. Push on, push on, said the hermit cheerily. The boat came closer to the ship, but I nor spake nor stirred. The boat came close beneath the ship, and straight a sound was heard. Under the water it rumbled on, still louder and more dread. It reached the ship, it split the bay. The ship went down like lead. Stop. Stunned by that loud and dreadful sound which sky and ocean smote, like one that hath been seven days drowned, my body laid afloat, but swift as dreams myself I found within the pilot's boat. Upon the whirl where sank the ship, the boat spun round and round, and all was still save that hill save that the hill was telling of the sound. I moved my lips, the pilot shrieked, and fell down in a fit. The holy hermit raised his eyes and prayed where he did sit. I took the oars, the pilot's boy, who do now doth crazy go, laughed loud and long, and all the while his eyes went to and fro. Ha ha, quoth he, full plain I see, the devil knows how to row. And now, all in my own country, I stood on the firm land. The hermit stepped forth from the boat, and scarcely he could stand. O oh, shrieve me, shrieve me, holy man, the hermit crossed his brow. Say quith, quoth he, quoth he, I bid thee say, what manner of man art thou? Forthwith this frame of mine was wrenched with woeful agony which forced me to begin my tale, and then it let me, left me free. Since then, at an uncertain hour, that agony returns, until my ghastly tale is told, this heart within me burns. I pass like night from land to land, I have strange power of speech. That moment that I, his face I see, I know the man that must hear me, to him my tale I teach. What loud uproars burst from that door, the wedding guests are there. But in the garden bower the bride and the bridesmaids singing are. And hark the little vesper bell which biddeth me to prayer. A wedding guest, the soul hath been alone on a wide, wide sea. So lonely twas that God himself scarce seemed there to be. Oh, sweeter than the marriage feast. "'Tis sweeter far to me to walk together to the kirk with a godly company, "'to walk together to the kirk and all together pray, "'while each to his great father bends, old men and babes and loving friends "'and youths and maidens gay. "'Farewell, farewell, but this I tell to thee, thou wedding guest, "'he prayeth well who loveth well, both man and bird and beast, "'he prayeth best who loveth best.' All things both great and small, for the dear God who loveth us, he made and loveth all. The mariner whose eyes, whose eye is bright, whose beard with age is hoar, is gone and now the wedding guest turned from the bridegroom's door. He went on like, he went like one that hath been stunned and in, and is of sense forlorn, a sadder man, a wise, and a wiser man. He rose the morrow morn. <sighs> and that deep sigh means that you've made it to the end of the poem. 
and to reward you, here are some thanks. I would like to say thank you to Jordan at Hottest Singles on Twitter for my incredible logo. I keep forgetting to do these at the other episodes. And speaking of Twitter, you can find Soft October Night at Soft Oct Night, which is S O F T O C T N I G H T on Twitter. And you will be hearing from me again in two weeks. Until then, stay soft.